challenge. You're like, how is that going to help me in my performance? Well, look at this. The thing that causes you the most stress and anxiety is when an obstacle is, is, is presented in itself. Change. Change occurs. And when change occurs, you have two ways that you can see this. You can suffer or you can celebrate. Today's conversation is definitely about mindset. Mindset is what drives us. Mindset is what gets us up in the morning. Mindset is what gets us through the hard-to-do activities. Uh, we had a really good conversation. Uh, we kind of spanned the entire spectrum uh, when it came to what gets us going, the obstacles that get in our way. You know, you name it. This is a this is a very powerful conversation that I had my with my friend uh, Zachary Blakeney from the Invincible League, and I know you will enjoy. It. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Hierarchy of Needs podcast. My name is Tim Palladino, and this is the show for entrepreneurs who want a higher value life and business. Zach, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we have a lot to go over today. Yeah, it's my honor, Tim. I appreciate you bringing me onto the podcast and the show today. You know, it's going to be a fun uh, discussion. And I'm happy to have it with you. Yeah, you know, we only met a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, but it was it was um, at Internet Marketing Party with uh, um, uh, David uh, David Gonzalez puts on uh, what's called Internet Marketing Party. If you guys haven't heard of it, it's um, it's a really awesome once a month uh, party for internet marketers or any kind of any kind of uh, people that just want to rub elbows and go out and network in, in a very different style. Um, and I had the honor of uh, pairing up with, with Zach to get to, to get to know him better. And we connected on so many different levels, so many different levels. And it was, it was just such a joy to have a conversation with someone that allowed me to, to kind of, you ever meet someone when you were a kid and like they had a favorite TV show that was like your favorite TV show? That's what it was like. Like, I'm not going to lie. I got a little giddy when we were talking about how we how we view this ourself and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, and we've had those those moments with and those battles with addiction. And we've had to kind of come back from a lot of things. So we've given ourselves we've had the opportunity and we've given ourselves the the uh, the grace to use what shit has hit the fan to, you know, build something awesome from it. Right. And, and kind of rebuild inside and then offer those lessons off to, out to the world. And that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. I think the ultimate question of why are you here or why are mm -hmm. we here is always something that we want to answer. And unfortunately we can't answer those things in daily achievements, no yeah. matter how big we make them out to be. Um, a lot of times they're found in pain. Uh, but pain can also just be removed and we can say experience. And if we really pay close attention to these experiences and what they're teaching us, you know, that's where we can find, you know, the answers to these questions. Totally. Totally. We were talking about a plight earlier. Uh, mm. can you tell, tell us a little bit more about that because sure. it, it's, it's a perfect word for it. <laughs> so, you know, my brand is the Invincible League, you know, or this, the name of my business. And then, you know, the branding that is around that is the invincible man. And I always call it the plight of the invincible man. And this plight being something that's unfortunate, something that most people don't recognize as being a problem because they don't quite understand what it's like to be this is that, you know, you're, this is just a reflection of me. All right. So I was born to believe that I was going to make a difference. I can't tell you why I just had mm. this innate feeling inside 
that I was called for something greater. Even as a young kid, I was different. You know, even getting into college, even when I was a college guy, I was still the guy that people came to that had a different thought process or a different perspective. Uh, and in that strange way, it, it kind of created a healing and teaching moment for whoever I was mm -hmm. talking to. But again, at the time, I saw myself as almost better than them, right? It was like, I, I didn't admit it, but inside, I, that was that same thing that I was leaning back on. So, you know, knowing that I was talented, more talented than most, uh, which most people actually don't realize that just because you're good at everything doesn't mean that you should do everything. <laughs> that was what I found myself in, is that I took opportunities to any and every opportunity to show who I was and to prove who I was. And every time I did that, every time I proved who I was, I still felt empty. Mm -hmm. And I kept tricking myself to believe that every achievement was going to be that one achievement that made me feel fulfilled as if this was it. But it was always a trick. It was a never ending trick because it would happen and then I'd have something else I wanted to do and something else I wanted to do. The problem was, is the things that I was doing were opportunities that were presented to me that weren't the opportunities that I should be taking. So I caught myself lost, right? I was a manager for a Longhorn Steakhouse uh, in my 20s. And, um, you know, I actually got promoted to managing partner when I was 27. So managing partners like general manager inside of dark mm -hmm. restaurants. And I was the youngest promoted managing partner. Um, I also received a brand new restaurant, which they just built at brick and mortar, which was not supposed to happen. I think I was the youngest and the first new managing partner to get a brand new restaurant. Wow. And wow. You know, hey, if you want to puff up the ego, right? Like, oh, look <laughs> at me. And I did it for about a year. And over time, I started to find that, again, serving steaks just wasn't filling me up. I was like, okay, this isn't, I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the development side of things, but like actually having to deal with customers and doing all that crap, like that wasn't anything I wanted to do anymore. So then I go out on my own. I become an entrepreneur. I start in fitness and, you know, I start doing fitness training. This is kind of what I was really, that was probably the first moment where I stepped into, or at least, at least took a step towards this calling, this inner voice that was inside of me. I call it the, actually the IGS, the inner guidance system that it was inside of me. Nice. Like I need to go and I need to do this because I love fitness and this is something I want to do. So I took this step. And at the time as well, uh, you know, I've been blessed with what most women believe to be a pretty good looking guy. So I was pretty used <laughs> to getting, you know, some of the top of the line women, whatever you want to call it in that sense. So, you know, I was very much attached to the external validation from women. So I decided to settle down. I got a wife, somebody that at the time I thought would be with for the rest of my life. And it wasn't this, this woman wasn't just another woman. Like this woman was like the first time I met her, it was like stars, you know, it's just like, Ooh, this sure. is about you, you know, it was different from anything else. But as I kept achieving as an entrepreneur and I kept growing my business again, this emptiness kept filling up more and more and more. And I couldn't understand it. And so finally, I became from what I would say, I felt like I wanted to be different, which actually turned to indifference. Hmm. I didn't know anymore. And then I started to question who I was. And because I felt indifferent, I started to get complacent. And because I got complacent, my shadow started coming out. I started being uh, my addiction that I had hidden in, in porn 
started to actually become very prevalent. I didn't really care very much whether my wife at the time knew. Because of that, that caused me a lot of internal pain around love. And then uh, to feel something, to feel anything, because the achievements weren't making me feel anymore, I went for the drug route. So now I've got porn, now I've got hard drugs. I love marijuana, but even the hard drugs were there for me as well. And then over time, I just, just lost myself. To the point where the woman that I had pledged my life to said to me in my face, I'm not attracted to you anymore and I no longer love you. And that was quite a moment for me yeah. because I still wanted to sit in denial because I wanted to puff up my chest because I wanted to peacock and say, how could you not love this person? Hmm. Right. So throughout this entire experience, I finally got to the point where it sank in. Right. And she left. And once she left, I had an opportunity to actually start reflecting because I realized that everything that I thought I was creating for my life that I wanted was all just a fallacy. It was all not real. It was all a miscreation of my mind into a manifestation of a life that I thought I wanted that was actually filled with more pain, more emptiness, and a lack of love for myself and others. So that brought me to that space. And then from there, I mean, you know, I'm 30, I'm going to be 35 this month. This uh, awakening, I guess you can say, was 30, 31. And uh, it's been a long journey since then, which is really starting to understand who I am authentically, uh, the box that I wanted to create for myself. I like to say that like, as you're growing up, like, you know, everybody has a box of expectations for you. So your teachers put you in a box, your parents put you in a box, your pastor puts you in a box, you know, your, your college professor puts you in a box, your girlfriend puts you in a box, all these different expectations where you lose yourself trying to fulfill or trying to achieve their expectations rather than your own. And that's what really brought me to a space where it's like, I need to create my own box. Um, And that's been my journey for the last four years, which I'd love to talk about. But what is the plight of the invincible man? It is the trick that you believe that you can find higher purpose within your achievements. And the more you try and do so, the emptier you become, the more you get compliments and praise for how awesome you are, the more you become desensitized to those compliments and praise. And it's not that you're not actually grateful And it's not that you don't recognize the success. It's just that there's this longing for something more than you actually have. But again, that more is not found where you think you're going to find it. Yeah, I can uh, definitely, definitely relate to that. I was, it was never uh, expressed to me or nor did I think of it this way, but I I definitely relate to it where, um, and I, and I was struck with feeling ungrateful. Like I thought I was actually ungrateful. I was like, I'm doing these big things. And when they're done, it's time for the next bigger thing. Mm-hmm. And it, there was no time in reflection or gratitude to myself um, or, or anything like that. So I got to a point where I was starting to recognize it. And I really like got down on myself because I was like, you're, you're a bastard because you're, you're, you're not, you would give anybody else praise and, and love and appreciation, but you won't accept it in a sense mm-hmm. because you're just brushing it off. It is an achievement, you know, let it be enjoy yeah. it like it's you don't have yeah you don't have to throw yourself a party but yeah it's it's sitting in the balance of feeling guilty for working too much and then also feeling guilty for wanting more it's like i have yeah. all these things and i feel a little bit guilty about that but then why do i want more oh i feel guilty about that and then if we allow emotions like guilt and shame and fear yeah. to start be within our being then we start to become these things 
Yeah. And that's where the destructive patterns start to show up. That's where your yep. misguided focus turns into focusing on, for me, for instance, porn and drugs, right? For me, you know, lying and posturing and making myself seem better than I was. And that's the other plight of the invincible yeah. man that you're perceived by others to have it all. But on the inside, you feel empty and you can't understand yeah. why you don't understand why. But it's also something that most people don't understand because they'll look at you and be like, how could you be sad? Like, how could you be sad? How could you not be happy with your life right now? Yeah. It's just because you're not wired the same way. Yeah. And, not, and at this point, I don't see you as being any better or worse because I've come back off the high horse from that. I have a very much a, a spiritual awakening unified view of human beings at this point in my life, which is a part of that journey. But before it was just like, we just simply are different people in what we're yeah. trying to achieve in this life. And that's totally okay that you don't understand that, but it's not okay that I don't understand that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what was the gap then between feeling all these ways and, and, and getting to that, that first step of, of kind of fixing it all? So the gap was that I did not, I lost my own, I'd lost touch with, with a higher power. Hmm. And what I found out about myself since then is that it is my calling to do the will of the higher power. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest gap is that I'm here for divine will. I'm here to help with this, what I would call the ultimate karma of humanity. And the ultimate, ultimate karma of humanity is that we see each other as separate beings mm -hmm. and that we aren't all just unified as one. And that is my calling. And I teach unity through what I do. It's always an underlying you know, tone or, or teaching behind the forward-facing teachings. But I myself didn't believe that. I myself really started becoming agnostic and borderline atheist while I was losing myself. And in all actuality, my power, my gifts, I have incredible intuitive gifts that I can recognize now. But at the time, I was drowning them out. I was drowning yeah. out my IGS. I was drowning out my gifts because honestly, I was not feeling as if I was worthy enough. I thought yep. I was a little bit delusional that I had these gifts. I could go back to when I was 20 and say, cool, they saw me as being something different. But I did, I, that's where I saw it as being better than when really... The actual truth of the matter is, is that that was my gift. It wasn't about being better than it was my gift to the world. And the gift of the world is seen from a unified space is only seen through love, not through mm -hmm. hierarchy, not through arrogance. So the biggest gap was actually me believing the what I considered to be fantastical stories, which actually were the truth. And the, the, the truth that I believe were the fantastical stories. Yeah. So it was a huge inverse. Yeah, it's interesting when we when we have these big thoughts that we're so confident about, but we can't, we don't have like that, what's the, what is like the murder board on the wall or like where we see where it's all connected, but then someday it, it all just pops in and it's like, oh, that was a hundred percent right. It's, it's um, I guess it, it is validating in a necessary way. Um, and I've had, I've had a few moments of those in my life, in my life too, where it's just, like, I don't know why I believe something so wholeheartedly. I really can't like go back to like what the path was to make me feel this way, but I feel it and I trusted it and it worked out like almost I, like to, to the T of how I felt it to be. Um, and I think, I think a lot more self-trust is, is necessary when, when making big decisions. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's an essential part of life. Like we look for trust in other people, but you can't trust other people until you trust yourself. Yeah. And even even more so, you know, what you're talking about with, you know, this this idea, I guess you could say even more a a thought, right? That everything that you had done, that you had achieved in the state that you're in prior to now was going to get you to this space. And then it doesn't get you there. That's like one of the worst feelings to hold. Mm -hmm. Almost like I thought that this was going to, but then this didn't, then this didn't actually do what I thought it was going to do. So now I have to pivot, but where do I pivot to? Yeah. Because everything I've ever believed about myself, every story I've ever told myself was all wrapped up in this one thing. And then of course, you know, we start to feel lost, but the only way you can be found is through being lost. Yeah. The only way you can be found is finding yourself. Yeah. And that was the exact genesis of the entrepreneur's hierarchy of needs because, you know, I was, I was built up. I've done, I've done what I would consider pretty, pretty amazing things, you know, from as a young kid and from New York. Um, and then when I, you know, made my seven figure exit, I had my, this ego and this storyline that I was following. And then I was just so lost. I became so lost. I tried pushing it to the next level and I realized I don't believe the stories. The stories don't serve me anymore. And what's even more mind bending is that you can be honest with yourself and still not be telling the truth. Yeah. The stories that you're telling yourself, I see it all the time where the stories we tell ourselves, you know, is actually a true story, but it's not the truth that gets you to transform. So, and then I was actually just at an event this past weekend where I was speaking we did this really, really powerful exercise. We called it bury the bullshit where mm. they were to write down all of the, you know, the bullshit story that's holding them back. And then we put it into a time capsule. We're going to bury it. And I was like, oh, this is yeah, that's great. So one of my gifts is I'm, I have a strong bullshit meter. Like I know exactly like, and it's a line, not with honesty, but with truth. So like these guys are writing their bullshit and 90% of their story is puffing up their chest and 10% of their story is, but I have this thing to work on. I'm like, this wasn't for this. The 10% is really a hundred percent of why you're not getting to where you want to go to, but you want to wrap it in a story of how you're great. And I agree that you're great. It's not that I don't see that, but the problem yeah. is this that you want to keep devaluing is actually having the most weight that's holding you back. Mm -hmm. So once I said that, because I had the, I, I said the same line, you know, you can be honest with yourself without telling the truth. I told him that on Friday and it was like gasping, or, you know, like gasping, yeah, yeah. like, Oh my God. Clutch, and, then, pro -clutching, yeah. Yeah. and then Saturday they experienced it. I was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't understand what I was saying, now you can experience it. This is what I'm yeah. talking about. And what you want, they want this thing that they see is that's so far out there that there's this huge gap in all actuality. It's a very small story that's wrapping them from the truth that actually would get them to where they want to go to. Yeah. One of the hardest things for men to do is to admit that they might not be as good as they actually think they are. Mm -hmm. That the fear of inadequacy and being incapable is actually real. Yeah. It's something that we all struggle with. I'm, I'm sitting here in front of you with a pretty good sense of, of worthiness in certain moments of my life and what I'm doing. And I can still get off of this podcast and sit down and be frustrated over trying to write marketing messages and be like, ah, I just can't figure this out. It's the same thing. I'm not good enough to figure this out. I am. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that my brain doesn't want to tell me I'm not. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's why achievements that are actually aligned with purpose do fulfill you. 
because it has the enthusiasm, it has the deeper meaning behind it, in which all things are possible, if you believe that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, if you if you go into something with with the belief of possibility, right? So I always preach um, have a healthy disregard for reality. Like the difference between who I was and who I am is now my work is a game. Like that's all it is. It's like I show up in the morning and it's a game. Like I don't think of oh, I gotta I gotta do uh, these emails and and these things. It's like all right, what's the score? What's the mission? Like, and it just it allows me to kind of segregate my mind from personal life and my personal stories. And like, don't get me wrong, I still have, uh, you know, a myriad of issues, you know, personally. But I, it's it's one of the the easy ways that I allow it not to bleed into into my work. You know, yeah. I handle it, of course, uh, personally, and and it's act, that's become a game too. Actually, now that I think about right. it, because it's it's something I take joy in. But, but three years ago, when I started this, the deeper part of the journey, it was just, it was so programmed in me, so programmed in me that uh, emotion, we can't show emotion. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to talk about the things that you've done wrong, unless you've, you've created uh, a, a, a story to distract people of three other things that you did right. So hopefully they wouldn't hear the one thing you did wrong. And it's, and it's, it's, it's very toxic and it's very, it's sad. It's, it's sad. It's, you know, it, it should be, we should have the ability to speak freely, especially as men and, and, you know, inadequacy should be something that, um, well, for everyone, not just men, but should be extinct. You know, it's not, it's not fair to us as humans to, to yeah. rob ourselves from each other. So feeling. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to think about what you just said, because it's not fair to us as humans. I think the robbing of each other of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Then I have this overarching thing is that it's, it's why we're here. Like mm. we learn through experience. Like one of the biggest that we talk about programming, right? So well, this is one of the biggest jokes of the American school system is yeah. that growing up, we learn through pedagogy. And pedagogy is that we get taught content and then we get tested on the content to see if we know the content. That's all. That's not only as children, that's all the way up through college. That's how we're taught things. And yet mm-hmm. when we become adult, we learn through andragogy, which is the complete opposite. It's content teaches us. Yeah. So we're conditioned to believe that we're going to get out of college. And this is how entitlement happens. Like this is how entitlement is inbred into the subconscious. We believe we get out of college and somebody's going to give us the, the, you know, the information for us to actually succeed. But then we get out of college and then we're in a standstill waiting for somebody to give us something when the world doesn't owe you shit. Only way you learn is by taking a step, experiencing it, failing, going back, taking a step, experiencing and failing it. But guess what? Failing has also been inbred into your subconscious because if you got an F in school, you failed. Yeah. So it's like every single thing, the American school system, all it does for the most part is breed complacency and it breeds, uh, you know, making sure that we are of service to a business or corporation. The problem is, is that most people are waking up today. I'm a millennial. So I'm, I'm kind of like, we're in the halfway. I don't know if you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. We're in the halfway. Yeah, 37, yeah. 
you know, some of us are just miserable in our jobs. I mean, I'm not everybody, but like, that's kind of what happens, right? Because we're, we're having to do what the baby boomers thought yeah. that they did. So they're just telling us to do. And then half of us are like, nah, man, there's something inside of me that I want to be something greater. But the Gen Zers are like, if they don't, if they're not attached to the actual purpose of your company and what you're doing, they're not going to stick around. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's not what this is about. And then you see this happen over and over and over again, that all we're trying to do is, again, put us into a box of business. When business is evolving, that's why emotional intelligence is a never-ending vertical that is going to be the standard for personal and professional excellence in the future. But it's also the competitive edge of the present because most people aren't even using this. I saw uh, there was a study that was done as of 2019, and 2020 made a big impact on this, but as of 2019, uh, 20% of the Fortune 5,000 companies were testing for emotional intelligence, only 20%. And that's the Fortune 5,000 companies that have more resources and everything else. But we're now seeing emotional intelligence as being the key performance indicator for performance. And yet we're still not testing for it. Yeah. So that's where the test that we've developed that we're licensing and what we're doing and bringing it to HRs as a package deal to say, hey, this is going to be more important to you than the Myers-Briggs test personality test that you're using. Yeah. Because it can place you, but it's not going to tell you how well you're going to perform in there. This is more important than the experience that somebody else might have, because if they're experienced at being a shitty manager and then you hire them and they're a shitty manager for you, what's the point? Mm -hmm. But we're still in this old guard as we're moving towards this new guard. So this is the, the main argument for me in my B2B businesses, which is like, hey, we're going to pop in and we're going to change the way your culture and your company work. But you got to be open to the fact that the shit you've been doing no longer serves you and won't serve you in the future. And that's very hard to break through, especially the baby boomers that are still kind of running, you know, these other businesses at the higher level. They're starting to leave, though, and the millennials yeah. are starting to come up and we're like, we're tired of this, man. Yeah, <laughs> this things are going to change. Run, this is how yeah. you run business. This isn't even how you run life. Yeah. There's way more to it. Yeah, it's interesting how there, there's that paradigm shift, right, where life dictates uh, business and work and passion and stuff like that versus your, your business or your work dictating your life. You know, I yeah. have to work 80 hours. I'm sorry. I can't be there for the play that my daughter's in or whatever. Like that's unacceptable now, which is fantastic to hear, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I mean, that was like, think of those, the, that was the um, uh, like basically the theme of like every movie in the nineties when there was like a parent, Right. Yeah. You know, it's overworking. Yeah. Bro, like so. I actually saw a uh, hook recently. And if you, oh if my you God, go back man. and watch Hook and as an adult, you see that exactly. Really? Like, well, yeah, he's overworked. He's working for a billionaire. He misses his son's baseball game because he's overworked. Yeah. Right. And then like he then he goes to Pan and become Pan and everything else. But the whole beginning of the story is exactly that. The overworked middle-aged guy making all the money and not being, you know, attentive or there for his family, the things that matter most. Yeah. But I tell guys that I work with all the time that like you see these two things as separate and they're not. You see peak performance and personal freedom as being separate. You trick yourself into believing that they're separate, but they are intimately intertwined. Mm -hmm. And personal freedom comes at a price and that price is transparency. So if you can't be transparent about your problems, all you're going to do is lock them away in the corner of your psyche where you think you've hidden them, but really you've just empowered it. Yeah. Because the only way out of that is through it. Not over it, not around it, not into a box. Mm -hmm. because whatever you put into a box, you think is not you, but you've actually locked yourself into a prison. And eventually, as me and you have both discovered, mm -hmm. it's not sustainable. No. Not if you want to be here and actually live a life yeah. worth living. 
Yeah, it robs you of presence. Yeah, and presence is the greatest gift you can give any other human yeah. being. I'll talk to guys all the time. They'll be like, man, I, like, I one gentleman I was working with, and it's just, it's a story that comes over and over again where his wife left him. And, and this justification, the story around it was that I gave her everything she could ever want. Of course, there's a whole bunch of materialistic things, but you're out there cheating, right? On her and doing mm. all these things. Like you could have gave her nothing but your presence and she would have stayed. Yeah. All women want, but that's all, all human beings want to be fully seen, fully heard and fully loved. Yeah. And so we can actually recognize that within ourselves and start recognizing that for other people. And that's what they're searching for. There's always going to be a disconnect. Yep. Yep. And that, yeah, it's just so, so important. I mean, just the, the active listening, right? Just, just adding active listening to any relationship, whether it be familiar or romantic or whatever, it, it, it amplifies it so much, just allowing them to speak their piece, yep. ask follow-up questions, just little things like that create. And, and I say this from experience. I'm not saying this because I read an article. I'm saying this because this was part of my, my journey over the last three years sure. learning how to shut up and speak. I'm sorry. And not speak and listen to what's yeah. being said and then inquiring. And it's, 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 it's really beautiful. What can, uh, what can happen, what growth and what, what bonding can happen through conversations that you're just listening to. Yeah, and it happens very much so when you're out of balance in that, because also our nature as guys is to solve problems. So a lot oh, of God, time, yeah. and I, you know, in the coaching yep. space, right? So I'm like, hmm, that, this, is, this is what you hired me for. So I'm here to either listen and or reflect and or give you solutions. So like, here's all three. But for myself, and this is kind of what happens again in that higher achiever space, I used to hinge my worth on my solutions, not on my listening. So because of that, somebody would be speaking to me, I would already be formulating the answer while they're still speaking. And that's not active listening. That's literally yeah. like not listening and just assuming that you know what that person needs. Unfortunately, and I use the word unfortunately, I didn't recognize my gift at the time and my intuitive gift could actually give them the answer without really even listening to them. But that doesn't discredit the fact that I should be listening. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that have transpired in a sense of my own understanding of what it means to, to, to have a meaningful and a deep connection. And that is the one thing that most people are lacking in their life right now, because there's too many damn distractions to get you to be even. Oh, so noisy. It's so noisy. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty aware guy and I, I try and keep the noise to a minimum, but it still sneaks, still oh, yeah, sneaks. There's, you know, one of the, one of the funniest things that always happens to me is like, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook. Like I'll go on it and have conversations and, and share funny things and whatever. Like, I'll, you know, I'll use it every once in a while, but there'll be a time where I'm going to like, look at a text message that just popped up. I open up my phone and I go directly to Facebook. Yeah. I forget about the message. I don't even know what I'm looking for anymore. And yeah. So it's, it's just like kind of um, unbecoming. You know, it's trying it, it, it cha- we have to, cha- to change the programming and the and the model that we live. Um, and yeah. it's not simple, but it's doable. Well, it's it's also a ter- uh, I call it a tool of inertia. So you know, mm. inertia is going to be yeah. a leftover habit, right? That continues with you. So for me, uh, pornography doesn't just show up in a incognito web browser; it shows up on an Instagram search panel. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if I were to go, once I started wa- stop watching pornography, if I go to my Instagram search at the time, like there's a whole bunch of like beautiful women and topless and stuff like that, like that's pretty much the same thing. 
So even when you want to change the algorithms, which is pretty much a subconscious mind, which you repetitively do shows up for you, yep. put into you know, these, these apps are still trying to hold you back. It's still a creating inertia for you while you're trying to move forward. So something that I actually had to do inside of my Instagram search is like, I went actively to the type of people I want to follow. And I started liking them every single day. And I tried so hard when my search would come up and there would be pictures that I would normally click on. I tried not to, but it took me a long time to not do that too. Yeah. Because like, uh, it's just programmed. Yep. Yep. Want to look at that one. Want to look at that girl. Want to look at that girl. And all that yeah. did was reinforce the algorithm to keep on coming. Yeah. But it's incredible. And it doesn't that- take much. It doesn't take much for it to catch your intention. Yeah. And, and again, just because I had uh, 10 clicks on maybe something from Gary Vee or Tony Robbins doesn't mean I didn't have a thousand clicks on the girls. Right. And that's just like our subconscious mind. You do something repetitively and then you try and change and you do this change for a couple of days and then you don't see the results of actually changing. So then you just slip back into the thing you've done a thousand times. And then right. so we sit in the indifference of not wanting to be different or actually wanting to be different, but sitting in indifference. And once we get into that place, complacency, stress, anxiety, lack of self-worth, lack of drive, you know, all those things start to happen. I say you actually kind of go back into the matrix, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you just said something that popped something up in my head is that it's very difficult to recognize the ember that lights the, the fire of change. Right. So when we're in the thick of it, it's hard to see that. Sometimes it's impossible to see that. But if, you, if you're steadfast in it, you'll eventually, it'll feel like it all changes at once. Mm-hmm. When it was just, it was all kind of behind the scenes doing its, doing its job, you know, because you were doing your job. Um, and it, and that's, that's why so many people quit is because there's no visual representation or emotional representation that can make them feel I'm on the right track. And that's why we need each other. That's why we need people, you know, like yourself to keep people on track. Yeah. And recognize you know, I, their value and worth in life. How many mentors? I can try and count the amount of mentors that I have currently. I think five. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so and I have mentors inside of this. So like consciously, right? Like I, I, I can help a lot of people with their alignment, with their authenticity, with their consciousness, with, you know, becoming the person that they really feel called to become and aligning them with that. I can do all of that, but it doesn't mean that I don't have somebody that's holding me accountable to doing the same thing. Yeah. I want something I want, and I know that I'm going for something greater. The calling is still there. It's now directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. position that's actually fulfilling for me doesn't mean it's not scary. Doesn't mean I'm immune from doubt. Doesn't mean I'm immune from worth issues. Doesn't mean I'm immune from anything that anybody else is going through at the time. I just don't go at it alone. Yeah. Because I, me too. well, the most valuable thing I've ever gotten from somebody is permission. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, man. Somebody to tell you that you're not crazy, that the yeah. big, the big audacious, ambitious goal that you have that you want to do in your life isn't nuts. Matter of fact, I believe you can do it. Matter of fact, you can do it. Go for it. I can't tell you how much money I have spent for somebody to give me permission. Yeah. And we don't value that at all. That's the the problem. Like that's one of the main problems with this world. And and, and I see through a lens of hope and love and, and, and abundance. I see through this lens. And then I also see through the lens of the main problem in this world is that people do not seek any sort of permission, they seek validation. Yeah. 
Right. And there's a very, very big difference. Very big difference. Yeah, I can I can validate where you are all you want. You need permission to go farther than where you are. Mm-hmm. Going back to that story, you know, again, of the invincible man, like validate what I've done all you want. But if I don't feel like it's valid, if I don't feel like it's something worth recognition, your recognition falls on deaf ears for me. Mm-hmm. It's a thank you. And what's next? It's a thank you. And what's next? But you're right. This lack of sense of gratitude inside of that, the feeling, the difference between thankfulness and gratefulness is way different. Mm-hmm. Being thankful is just for a momentary action that's given to you. Being grateful is being thankful for somebody's being their entirety. Yeah. So it's, it's just understanding how to actually feel as a man is a huge deal in this space. Yeah. Because the more numb we become, the harder it is for us to actually live authentically and the harder it is for us to find fulfillment and the harder it is for us to even feel as if we're worth of living. And that's a dangerous place to be. That's a very dangerous place. I I think, I think we're um, there's a trajectory uh, and it's going in the right direction um, of, of when it comes to men's communication with each other and with others um, being more secure in our emotions, uh, showing up as themselves, not as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. <laughs> oh, me as well, man. I mean, if I, you know, it's very hard to, or it's very easy to get my optically focused on something that's just right now. But if I always take it, you know, taking a step back has not only helped me personally in my life, it's helped my clients, but then if you just take a step back from the world, like you can look at, you know, the news wants to blast all the shitty things that are happening. You know, everybody wants to just lean on that because we just want to prey on negativity and we're addicted to negativity. But there's also these pockets of people that are opening up a different stream of consciousness that are actually elevating the collective consciousness that are raising vibrational frequencies just by being in touch with somebody, just by being around somebody, because that person is committed to being different. That person is committed to empowering their IGS, to believing it, to aligning with it. And once that starts to happen, the only thing that happens is that love is given and taken and it's taken and given freely. Yeah. It's welcomed. So once we get into this space, we're going to start seeing over time that, you know, there's going to be more conflict. There is because the old guard is losing their power Mm -hmm. and they're not going to go out without a fight. They're going to try and exact more power. They're going to, in my opinion, release a virus to try and socially control who we are. They're going to try and socially control who we are through raising taxes. They're going to try and, you know, they're going to do everything they can while they're losing power. It's the, it's the sign of desperation. Mm. They don't see it. They don't think we see it as such, but anybody who's above their game sees what they're doing. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, what do they say? History is written by the victors. So as, as long as we quote unquote, win, then we'll, we'll give the best and most accurate story. Yeah. Well, and again, I'll, so I live in America. Hey, America. Awesome. Great. <laughs> Love you. I can do whatever I want pretty much inside of this country. So I'm cool with that. So I don't get too attached to like my mother. Glad bless her. She just watches the news all the time. Mm. And like, she just thinks the world is going to end tomorrow. And I'm like, mom, matter of perception, because I don't perceive that. Yeah. I don't perceive my life as being in danger. And if it was in danger and it was my time to go, it's my time to go. I'm not afraid to die. Right. 
because I actually have a belief that I get to do this all again. Nice. <laughs> well, that's helpful. That's definitely helpful. <laughs> well, I, I tell people, so I work, I work with, work, work with guys and helping them find their authenticity. I call it the invincible shield. And a part of this is actually going down seven key areas in their life to actually identify. And one mm-hmm. of them is always spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs, say what, what, or maybe no religious beliefs. But what I tell them is I say, it doesn't matter to me what you believe as long as it serves you. So for you, if you are a hardcore Christian, awesome. Let's lean on the things that Christianity actually teaches that serves you. Love, compassion, understanding, Mm -hmm. forgiveness. Wow, those are some incredible things. But how about not that if you sin, you're bad, you go in hell, because what has that done for you lately? Right. When we look at social conditioning, I was raised Catholic. Here's another social conditioning. When When I was raised Catholic, I was raised that if I sin, I repent and I'm good. Where in there is anything about learning something? Yeah, it doesn't. It just reflects. It just it just deflects the responsibility to God to heal me for something I've done without ever me saying, oh, that's all I have to do to be to be healed is to repent. So I can just go sin and repent, sin and repent. That's not how life works. Or even act differently. Yeah. How do you you will never learn and grow? The other thing that happens a lot of times with Christianity is that they pray prayer. I'm going to pray for forgiveness. I'm going to pray for patience. How about this? I'm going to pray for patience. And then the next day they get caught at a red light and they're kicking and screaming and cussing. Yeah. There was your opportunity to be patient. God doesn't just grant patience on you. Boom, bestowed my son. You now have patience. He manufactures an experience for you to practice patience. And then when Mm -hmm. it comes, you don't take that experience. Right. In a sense, he gives you, you, you're given the awareness. You have to be given the awareness. Yeah. That's your responsibility. So for me, my beliefs center around spiritual awakening and unity because of a couple of things. One, that belief says that this is all one consciousness, all that you see you, you're just a different expression of this consciousness. I'm just a different expression of this consciousness. So when I feel low or I feel as if I'm not worthy, I can tell myself I'm the powerful creator of my experience. I'm cut from the same consciousness of the thing that created this entire universe. So if I can't figure this out, it's not because I'm not worthy of it. It's because I'm limiting and blocking myself. Mm. How about for empathy? Because I see you, Tim, as an extension of me. I see you as no better than me. Me and you Mm. are the same. So because I can believe these things, and that's the beliefs that I've chosen, it feels right to me, and it feels right inside for me, it allows me, it serves me to be a better human being. And I'm not saying that spiritual awakening is any actually better than Christianity, but inside of Christianity, like I said, love, compassion, forgiveness, all these things are great. Mm -hmm. Practice them for yourself, practice them with others, and you will start to find the higher purpose that you're looking for in life. Yeah. I've realized in my own path, the, the, I tried doing it the wrong way first, right? I tried practicing it with others first and then applying it to myself. But when I practice those, those tenants with myself, it naturally emanates and I naturally can offer it to other people. I can naturally yep. give them the love once I've, I've you know, taken care of and loved myself uh, appropriately. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating because the, the term, uh, you know, give love and stuff like that. And we're all made from love is, is a very odd, it's, it's hard to grapple with mm-hmm. um, if you haven't experienced certain things. Um, and we're not gonna, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but, but once you have, it's like, oh no, 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 no. Now I get it. Now I understand that string of code in between me and you. 
Um, and it, it, it gets pretty fascinating. Yeah, a lot popped up for me there. And let's see if I can organize my thoughts real quick. But the first thing <laughs> we talk about is that there's, there's, you know, it's learn, teach, and then teach, learn. Which mm. is you learn something, and then you teach it. And then when you teach it, you actually learn by teaching it, right? And that's one of the more appropriate ways to actually teach something is one, mm. you don't want to teach something you don't have anything, any business talking about. So you need to learn it first, and then you teach it. And then by teaching it, then you learn it some more because you just reinforce yeah. it. But in my belief, a perfectly balanced entity or human being would see all experience as love. Because when you see your experience through the lens of love, it changes all the emotional distress that you might have. When I talk about the, I always talk about this with guys in peak performance, they're like, how is that going to help me in my performance? Well, look at this. The thing that causes you the most stress and anxiety is when an obstacle is, is, is presented in itself. Change, change occurs. And when change occurs, you have two ways that you can see this. You can suffer or you can celebrate. If I celebrate this obstacle, I have a different mindset going into it. And by having a different mindset, a clear mindset going into it, I can then extract the clarity that I need for the answer a lot faster. And if I sit in frustration, and why do I have to do this again? And why is this always happening to me? And why is this going to continue to happen to me? Well, it's going to continue to happen because you keep resisting the actual way to look at it for a faster rate of performance. So I can, I can say, hey, look through the lens of love. And that actually helps with your performance. But it takes a while for people to realize that. Because a lot of times high achievers were motivated by what we lack rather than what we stand to gain. Mm -hmm. And if everything is love and all is love, then what's left to gain? Well, yeah. that's the answer that we're always trying to, uh, that's the answer that, again, they seek for in the achievements and not in the ultimate question, the ultimate answer, which is we are here to love and understand each other. And if we can have that as the straight through in everything that we do, whatever content comes from those two things will also reciprocate love and understanding of, of, of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Energy you give off is the energy you attract, right? Yep. If you really believed it, why would you ever, 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 ever be angry? Yeah. Yeah. Changing, changing course just a little bit. <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about. I went to um, woo woo. I went to woo woo. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no I live in Austin, man. With you. <laughs> this is, this is my, <laughs> no, but I want to, I want to make sure that we, we get to talk about your YouTube channel. That's yeah, you're good. You're good. I, like I said, honestly, it's one of my greater, it's one of the, the challenges I love meeting is that the metaphysical to the physical. So it's right. Because, <laughs> well, I, I definitely agree with that because I was a very, like very science-based and I got to be honest, like over the last three years, you know, I've, I've, I mean, I've talked about it at length uh, over the podcast and stuff like that, but I've, I've gone through some changes and experienced a whole bunch of things uh, over the last three years. And none of how I think now is even close to how I have thought then. Mm -hmm. And it, I have become such a happier person and just at, more at peace because of yeah. these kind of conversations and surrendering to them. Because when I was introduced to them, there's that natural re that reaction, right? That no, I got to put my guard up because because my intellect is is at stake here, or my uh, your guard's just so up and it's gross. Versus responding to it, yeah. experiencing it, seeing it for yourself, you know. Um, so no, no, I don't. No. I don't uh, woo doesn't harsh my vibe. Well, what I, what I love too about living in today's world is that science is starting to prove it. Joe Dispenza. Are you familiar with Joe Dispenza? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to want to say this, but I would tell you that like, this is something that I teach to my clients is mm. the power of visualization and manifestation through that process. And 
in my experience, there's a way to do it. That's a lot faster than the hour meditation that he teaches. Um, mm. It's actually the blend of transcendental and then the visualization okay. side of that. Um, what essentially in the teachings that he's doing is he's getting your alpha, your brain waves to get into an alpha and theta wave state, which is mm-hmm. the state of actually getting into what he's calling the quantum field, which is the mm-hmm. world of endless possibilities of what can be done. Um, but this method, although it works very well, obviously dudes healing people from stage four cancer, mm-hmm. not taking anything away from it. But a lot of times I've found that people have been resistant to it because it's like, I got to do this for an hour. You know, I got to be in this state for this long. When yeah. really you can actually get into that state faster using a mantra led meditation where within five minutes, you can put yourself in that state, take 10 minutes to visualize, go back into the state for five. And then in 20 minutes, you've already put your wishes and your desires and your intentions into the uh, infinite possibilities. And you just have to trust that it's going to happen from there. Yeah. Um, I have repetitively in my life in the past, when I was, when I was unaware I was doing it, I used to just call it visualized with gratitude. Didn't even know what it was. It was just intuitive. I did it when Same. I was 31, right? Yeah. And, then, and then now <laughs> I can look back at every single moment that I have heart-centered and wished for, and it just keeps popping up in my physical space. Like, hey, cool. Reality is just showing me that this is true. Yeah. When, when I was first starting to do it, I had to like do it on my own terms in a sense, right? Like meditation, I couldn't call it meditation. I had to call it honing steel. Like I was, I, I had to call it my own damn thing. So I felt comfortable enough to try it. And then yeah, now I can call it meditation. Um, <laughs> that's, that, that's, yeah. that, that's that masculine energy right there. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. I don't meditate. I'm too tough for that. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let's talk cool. about your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, what's going on with it? What, what's driving you right now to, to produce content and get, get involved in YouTube? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been a bodybuilder for the last uh, seven years of my life. Um, And this last year I decided that, Hey, I'm not going to do bodybuilding anymore. Um, I don't even like training that way anymore. Uh, It used to do two things for me, like training, like a bodybuilder one, it was an emotional release, right? So I can easily let out some frustration, some anger and stuff like that. Well, I'm not an angry guy anymore. So I don't need that. Two, (laughs) there was a focus agent. So for instance, if I'm going to go grab when I used to be able to do 150 pound dumbbells and I'm going to put them on my knees and I'm going to, you know, incline press them for eight reps, the amount of focus that that takes so that that 150 pound dumbbell doesn't fall on your face is a lot of focus. Well, now I see 150 pound dumbbells and I have no desire to pick them up (laughs) whatsoever. So my training has, in that regard, become less fulfilling for me. It's not having the same result. I always found that that amount of focus, when I focused that hard in one area, it bled over into my focus in my business, my life, everything else. So for the last, I would say about eight months, nine months, I've been just kind of half-assing workouts. I started yoga, which I really like, um, but... I now have found this new calling and this new calling is to start training like a superhero. So, Oh yeah. I'm going to take, That's awesome. I'm going to take a clip from probably Captain America civil war or no, no, not civil war, uh, winter soldier, the second sure. one. Yep. And I'm going to try and reproduce it. And you know, when cap fights, you know, in the movies, he's flipping and he's doing all mm-hmm. these different things like stuff that I can't do right now. Right. No way. Yeah. So that's part of it is like, I'm going to basically start a training cycle for myself to get to a point where I can recreate whatever scene I pick that I want to recreate. And then the other half of it is the, the YouTube channel will be called the invincible man. The other half of it is going to be the tracking of what I believe an invincible man is, which is mm. the ability to be vulnerable and transparent. 
So it's going to have two meanings behind it. The physical health is something, or the physical goals is something that most likely tracks a lot of people too. Oh, is this guy really going to do this? Like I'll see it, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. But the underlying intention is the to bring spiritual awakening, to bring emotional intelligence, and to bring the idea of what it means to be invincible to a different space, to a different perception that actually serves people and helps other people and gives other people permission to do the same. That that's amazing. That's really amazing. And that that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah, I'm um, excited, man. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been jazzed up about any sort of physical activity and how's a college baseball player, uh, three sports star in high school, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I've been missing that in my life and I just know it's going to accelerate everything else. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and I, uh, going back to what you were saying before with the relief, uh, the release of tension or emotion with working out um, and, and the, the focus element, I need to work out whenever I don't like we're usually at the gym every morning. Um, if I don't, <clears throat> it, it wears on me. It wears on me. And there was a stint uh, probably right before we met, I was getting off of, um, it was like six months. I didn't go to the gym and I just felt like trash. And it was like, it was, it's so, so imperative for your mental health, not just your, your physical health, just to, to show up to win. You know, it's like, make your bed in the morning. It's like that kind of, that kind of thing where it sounds like a cheesy motivation, but just go and accomplish doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to, you know, run a three minute mile. You don't, you don't have to be, you know, but just be there, recognize, accomplish. Yeah. yeah, we we put that. We actually put physical uh, activity under emotional intelligence. It yeah, I, I agree. I definitely yeah, agree. So, yeah. So, so that's something we've also tried to bring to market. That like, hey, I can I can teach you you know, perceptions that shift your emotions. I can teach you mindfulness and meditation and all these different things. But if you're not actually doing something physically active to make yourself happy with yourself, like that's the, that's step one. Yeah. And a lot of times we hinge our primitive happiness on how we look. So. Yeah. Very true. Hey, listen, before we, we cut out, what is something you want to uh, leave the audience with? Words of wisdom, a song, anything. Here's <laughs> if I, if I sang, they, they might just cut me off. So um how about this we're all frauds mm. we're all powerful beings pretending to be human beings mm. and if you can believe that inside of yourself you'll start to radically transform your life very quickly yeah yeah i feel that man i feel that and and i agree i couldn't agree more zach thank you so much for being here brother um so great to catch up with you um, and learn more about you and your, and how your mind works and realize <laughs> that we're certainly cut from the same cloth yeah. in that universal, uh, that universal quill. Um, excellent, man. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, if I could offer just a place to find me. <laughs> so yeah. So at Zach Blakeney for Instagram, uh, you know, if anything connected with you on the, the show today, if you just DM me invincible, I'll be happy to get into a conversation with you in any way I can serve you. Uh, and then the invincible man for YouTube coming up. And then my name, Zach Blakeney on pretty much all outlets, Facebook, um, you know, even TikTok, even though I'm kind of dormant there, but Instagram is the main way to contact me. And I look forward to talking to anybody that would like to have a conversation. Cool. And obviously guys and gals, any, uh, all of, of, um, Zach's information will be in the show notes, no matter if you're watching or listening to this groovy, take Thank care. You, Thank you again for joining us. And if you like what we're doing with the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs and want to show your support, the best way to show some love is to subscribe and leave us an honest review. 
We also have a Facebook group where we continue these types of conversations and so much more for all of our continued growth. I can't wait to see you in there.